0: wait what where's jim joyce
1: jim joyce where's oh my jim god joyce? is this is this a takeover episode it am is a
0: takeover I
1: gym? am i the jim now
0: <laughs> listen uh jim apologies that i'm cheating on you with Jeff.
1: sorry
0: but <laughs> but um, hopefully this is a pleasant surprise as we, uh, Jim and I skipped last week. I was flying here and craziness, he was flying all over the place. And this week my flight is also at the same time we usually recorded. So this was a perfect opportunity to do a Just the Bassa takeover of Jim. <laughs> and we're doing this.
1: Oh my God, it's seriously.
0: Wave, wave, wave. And then our guest is, you will see. Yeah
1: poor guy in between us like seriously who's he what's he talking who's he talking to
0: can we zoom in can we zoom in can we zoom in no
1: No. but yeah like if you're on the phone with him doing a deal
0: yeah it's gonna be tough but this is all we're we're the the western this was very jpm like uh, this is around HLTH Health Conference, which was a blast to see everybody. Lots of selfies, oh. lots of great talks. Any highlights before we let our guest in from you, Jess?
1: Well, everybody has been talking about two things. Number one, the guy, the CEO of Forward on a panel went at Rushika Firmapaldi, or however you say his last name, from Iora, which got acquired by One Medical and yep. was like a total jerk on stage. And the thing about this, that I think is really interesting. So basically he like, long story short said that iora and one medical were a bunch of crooks and like i mean it was nasty and he wouldn't stop it was like a relentless like every time he got to speak he went back at shika one medical iora so
0: it was i I think i i would i'm actually gonna i i didn't see that session but i i'm actually gonna watch it um and i think there's a way to be let's call it boisterous and challenging and pushing forward, pun intended, but there's also being kind of rude about it, right? Um, yeah,
1: so. I mean, like, choose like, the way you want to deliver your message, I mean, and I, I don't know, I don't feel like there's anything for that, and the thing that I think is really short-sighted, to be honest, is like a PR kind of professional, is like, right. nobody knows this guy's name, but everybody's saying the CEO of Forward, so I really feel like he's hurt the company brand, as opposed to his own personal brand, you know what I mean? He just came off oh, like listen, a what, jerk, everybody's well, got a negative connotation of Forward,
0: We'll look him up, and the fun mentions. We'll uh, we'll see what he responds to, if anything. But anyway, um, I know. Also, I was trying to make it to the Glenn Tolman and Jonathan Bush. So talk about you know pushing forward and pushing the envelope, but still being very, um, I don't know. He'll fill in the words, but very, uh, I don't know, very nice about it at the end of the day, right? Like collegiate
1: yeah so like the two of them they had they had only been on stage together one other time at health 2.0 years ago and it was matthew who had them and they weren't actually on stage physically together glenn was on a screen like a giant head above the stage and john was on the stage so this was like truly like epic in the sense that those two guys were sitting next to each other but they like they had nothing but great things to say about each other like it was really actually it was fun to watch like it was like yeah they were very entertaining (laughs)
0: So next, uh, this was a great uh, place to see literally hundreds and hundreds of people that we haven't seen uh, and all the receptions and all of that. It felt kind of back. And I have to say to the organizers of help, kudos on pulling this together. Um, Honestly, even with the uh, rapid testing. Right. I mean, they've invested a lot. You know, granted, the conference not cheap and lots of sponsors, but still it's an investment. And I think uh, kudos to everyone, just really honoring the mask wearing inside and all of that. So uh, pull it off and off where we're off next. So I'm actually in Dublin for Health Excel next week. Uh, I'm looking forward to the Dublin crew and uh, some of the usual suspects. And then you and I will see each other in Milan for Frontiers.
1: Milan! Yeah, Frontiers. Milan. I can't wait. I missed Frontiers last year. I was, I was virtual, but it's not oh, the same. It's
0: no, not- exactly.
1: I'm so excited to be back in Europe. That'll be awesome. See the team, Fantastic. like yeah, it'll be fun. Super excited.
0: All right, so we have our guest waiting. We're gonna let him in, and we will actually upload the picture later because it'll we're be all funny, doing this.
1: But it's not. Spoiler you know what, alert.
0: I feel like walking over. Murray, welcome, <laughs> welcome. Murray! Murray
1: Please welcome Murray Bronkowski. <laughs>
0: Brzezinski. 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 Did I say that? Oh, look at that. There's a guy behind you. So um, at one point, while you're doing your introduction for millions of viewers and listeners, uh, I'm going to walk over and show our audience where you are in this hotel. But I also heard before you go into that description, uh, you're a producer of Broadway. Kick us off with that or something. There's a story behind there, isn't there?
2: You know, I love, first of all, it's great to be here in person on Zoom with you. Whatever that means, but yes,
0: yes.
2: <laughs> Over to the shot. So, yeah, this uh, actually Jessica told me this at the UCSF Health Awards that I'm a award-winning Tony Award-winning Broadway producer. I love this meme. I don't know that I want to disabuse anybody of it, but I, I am a playwright, and I did have one of my a number of plays produced in New York, and one fairly recently won um, a festival. But it's a it's a short. One-act play festival off Broadway, um, but now it's become somehow a Tony Award-winning musical. So I'm going to totally. let it keep. Really? Oh, are Telling
1: people you were like a producer in Cats, like one of the originals. <laughs> I don't know
2: if the Cats would be a compliment, but um, well, actually, the play would, not the movie. That's oh. true. But um, uh, yeah, so part of it's true. So Eugene, the, the play, playwright, and the award-winning play is true. It's not a Tony Award-winning musical. It's not an Oscar award-winning film, which maybe maybe will come next, but there's um, so some truth. I like the
0: high aspirations, but uh, let, let's rewind back. Take us a little bit through uh, who Murray is um, for our viewers and listeners. Your background, how did you get to where you are, and then we'll get into some of the juicier
2: stuff. Great. I think actually the play is a good start because I kind of think yeah. of myself as much as possible as a creator, and you know, I take ideas and try to figure out what's the best way to bring them to life? And some ideas should be stories and plays and and art. And some really should manifest themselves through businesses. So being an entrepreneur to me is a creative endeavor. And I've been doing that for roughly two decades um, since 2005 in healthcare and digital health, which I think increasingly is just healthcare. And uh, looking versus my fourth company in in the digital health space. I started out um, as part of the founding team of Healthline, which is now the largest health destination site for consumers or for health education, Um, one of the most trusted sites. We sold that company in 2000. So it was an overnight success, 2005, 2016. We sold it to- Aren't they all? Aren't they all? We sold it to Summit, Summit Partners. And then subsequently, a couple of years later, I wasn't involved, uh, but then it got sold again to Red Ventures. And so it's been doing great, really proud of, of that company. And we had a lot of technology in that company that was really being underutilized because it's really a media company. And so we spun the technology out. Um, and I was part of the founding team of Talix, which is the company we created um, out of that technology in 2016. And we were kind of really good technology in search of a a problem to solve. And we kind of looked at a bunch of different problems and I was chief strategy officer, so came up with the idea of risk adjustment and we created risk adjustment software. We sold to risk bearing entities, mostly payers and um, outsource risk adjustment companies that work for payers. So the whole idea was how do you go through or help medical coders more effectively go through patient records using some natural language processing and some workflow so they can go through more quickly, but keep the accuracy as high as it needed to be to do HCC coding for Medicare and Medicaid, and um, that company was recently sold. Actually, it was sold a couple of months ago to a, a company called Edifex, which is a big player in that space. So that was exciting. Murray,
0: Murray just a quick comment. Uh, it's like a, almost like an oxymoron to have in the same sentence. You know, risk adjustment and off-Broadway play. I, like I don't know, it, it just doesn't <laughs> fit together
2: somehow. But you connect the dots, right? That's your creativity. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, to have a career in off Broadway writing off Broadway plays is too, too risky. So I had to adjust it and get into uh, there you uh diversification, <laughs> diversification.
1: Actually, the play is about a risk adjuster living <laughs> off Broadway.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm always in search of ideas for new new plays. Um, yeah. So, awesome. so that was super exciting. And then I um, I left Talix with an idea to start. Um, start a company. I you know, started to really think about leveraging intelligence more and more as, as data became more uh, liquid, and you can really put it in service of patients. I wanted to move closer to patients, and I had conceived of a company that was going to be sort of an AI extension to primary care, similar to what um, BrightMD MD and Buoy Health and those guys are kind of doing. Yeah. And for various reasons, I actually raised a bunch of money and had a team and a development partner, in one of the large health systems. And the market had changed, and I, I pulled the plug on it and gave all the money back. It was actually a very interesting uh, process to go through. All the investors said, "We haven't seen this before," and so it was a it was a it was a so tough decision.
0: Let, but. Let's double click on that one. That one is yeah.
2: interesting. Let's, let's go deeper. <laughs> let's go deeper, man. Come on. So um, it was a great idea, great team, um, and a lot of interest in the in the market, but certain. Fundamentals have changed and I thought this is going to be a slog. I don't know that it's going to get, um, I don't know it's going to move the needle on healthcare as as much as it should. And part of it was because the, the market was changing so rapidly. We all know now what happened with COVID. This was prior to that, but you can start to see the tea leaves. And I just thought there were better ideas out there and it happened through the process of putting together the plan and going out for the funding. So it was unfortunate to pull the plug that late in the game. Obviously it was a very high integrity move. So all the investors were like, look, great to do this now, then find out later that, you know, this doesn't have the legs you thought it did. Um, So ultimately looking back on it, it was a great, a great experience. It got me very, very focused on the space. And I, um, way back when I was at Healthline, very close colleagues and friends with Wes Shell and Phil Marshall, who were the founders of Conversa. And so back then, the uh, West left uh, Healthline and Phil left WebMD. Phil was consulting for us at Healthline and this notion of digital dialogues that Phil came up with. We were brainstorming back in 2012, 13 back then. And then when they left to start the company, I was their first reference for their seed round, for example. So I was intimately involved. So dial forward when I pulled the plug on this company in 2012, Sixteen, seventeen. Um, they said, "Why don't you take everything you were thinking of doing, but do it in care management on the platform that we've conceived and come run Conversa?" So that actually led me. I knew them very well, and I was intimate with it. But I had looking at something very adjacent, and I said, "You know, this is a good idea." And so I decided to join Conversa. We did a CEO transition a couple of years later, and uh, and the rest is history, which we'll talk about here. But it's been a rocket ship, and I think that was the really the right product market fit at the right at the right time in the, in the market let
0: me b- before we dive into kind of what's the current thing you know my question is and i i think we all had somewhat of fatigue on you know the the patient physician communication and the chat bots and the messaging and all of that right um and then you got companies like babylon uh medictor i mean keep going keep going keep going what what was kind of the aha or the big idea and I guess your I mean let, let's call it success, right? I mean you guys just uh, just sold so as, as well and the impact to the patient. So what how does that differentiate you guys across other players and what was the, the big aha and idea moment?
2: Yeah, I think the the, whole, the idea initially was light check-ins with patients in between visits. And then you know we looked at that and said, that's nice. It's it's a great idea, it's a great kernel to build on, but you gotta you gotta drive outcomes in healthcare. If you're not driving outcomes, then you know all, all is for naught. And um, there are some other great companies, you mentioned them, so like you know, Babylon and Medictor. The the demarcation mm-hmm. between what they do and the world's changing, people are are yeah. moving out of their positions, but we work with patients who are known to the health system. Whereas most of those others, a lot of the money has gone into the notion of you know doing a, a differential uh, digitally for an anonymous person. So it's virtual urgent care. It's somebody presenting with symptoms, trying to do a better job than a static symptom checker, and then you triage where they should go next. That's the model, typically. That's not our model at all. In fact, it's very complementary to what we do. We enroll a patient in a program on behalf of a doctor or a care team. So we know that you're a heart failure patient or a diabetes patient or living with diabetes and hypertension, or you're pregnant and you have a high-risk pregnancy. And then we integrate deeply with your record. So we now know all the personalized clinical information about you. So what medications you're taking, your allergies, your comorbidities, your family history. And then when we reach out in an automated way and we interact with you, it's personalized. It's asking you evidence-based questions for the pathway you should be on um, <laughs> at that point time in your journey, but it can also personalize to your particular clinical situation. Then we go a step further and we personalize the way you engage as well so we can keep you involved. And then what we're doing, so the, the chatbot piece of it is really just a user experience. Today it's chatbot, tomorrow it may be something different. But the key part of this is we're engaging you so we can collect the, your wisdom, everything you know, combine it with what we know from the record, and then we can make a decision in real time as what the next best action should be for you. And it's the part that matters, right? And in many cases, that next best action can be done automated. It's you're nervous about something, we can lay your fears about a side effect you're having by providing some education. Or we see that you're trending the wrong way on blood pressure or depression, and we can nudge you back with some behavioral science to get you back on track. And then when we realize that there's a problem, earlier and earlier we can intervene and get you connected with a synchronous event that you actually need when you need it. So it's it's doing a lot of things at once. It's engaging the patient way better experience. You're connected more frequently. We're getting ahead of problems that may happen in decompensation. Um, We're lowering costs because all this is being done without people on phone calls and unnecessary utilization of the health system. And we're then able to provide interventions and, and best next actions earlier or more accurately, which ultimately leads to measurable outcomes. But it's the measurable outcomes piece that I think separated us from the pack. Because everything I just told you, people are like, that's great. Um, Other people say they do something similar. Well, let's test it. And now we've been testing it for a number of years and we've got large health systems that have gone all in um, as a relationship with us. So they're using this across chronic care management, post-acute and perioperative and women's health and now pediatrics and others because we're driving outcomes.
1: I got to know because I've got I've had the opportunity to talk to both Ito and Roy about Amwell acquiring you. But I want to hear the flip side of it here on the shot. You know, what was it like when who called you? And I'm going to resist doing like a Roy or Ito impression here because I cannot do the (laughs) the tonality of their voices justice. But like, who called? What did they say? Like, were you surprised? Did you know that they were looking at you?
2: You know who apparently could do those impersonations? Jonathan Bush, I heard, is very good at doing. Oh, and John, Roy. Yeah,
1: Jonathan Bush on the conference that I hosted with <laughs> Matthew Holt did a Roy impression that was seriously so spot on.
2: <laughs> I need to <laughs> watch that
1: one. Tell us, like, I want to hear, like, the who called you? Did did you even know they were looking at you?
2: Well, I, I actually I love to and Roy, and of course I was very aware of them, but it's a small community, and I had never met either of them previously, and we. You know, I saw the consolidation happening even more quickly through COVID than we anticipated. And given that we're doing really well, very high growth company, very high margins, very good customers, you know, really, really high um, net retention, meaning that we don't lose any customers and we're expanding considerably within them. So this is really working. But we're relatively early in our cycle and we're looking at these big companies putting together what the future platform, virtual health platform might look like. Yeah, the front door.
1: The front, front, door. front door. I want to ask about
2: that, too. Well, it's just, as just knows, I call it virtual any door. And then more than that, it's like, who cares? Once you walk in the door, then what? So we go very deep in navigating the patients to where they need to be, as we just talked about. and But we, re- we recognize that even our health systems want to work with fewer and fewer partners. Right? It's hard to manage all these different digital partners. And so we had to either raise a lot of money and start building the platform of the future or become part of one. And had we been later in the cycle, We probably would have gone the fundraising route, but I don't think we raised enough money given how quickly these platforms are growing just because of where we are in the cycle. And so um, we we were fortunate because we were doing well. We had a lot of inbound interest in the company and we started having conversations. And my bar initially was we don't want to talk to anybody who doesn't have a more compelling vision of the future than we have. That was, and that really blocked a lot of people out because people would come in saying the same kinds of things that, you know, mom and apple pie was nothing new and different and compelling. And one of our board advisors had had a meeting with, um, with Amwell and said, you need to talk to Rory and Ito. And the thinking was partnership because they got a glimpse into the Converge platform that was recently. launched. So I had a call with, uh, with Roy and Ido, and we were very excited about what they were doing. They were excited about what we were doing. And so we went into a partnership discussion with their teams and our teams. And we, after about five of these discussions, had a conversation with Roy one weekend, and we looked at each other on Zoom, because we'd never met, by the way, <laughs> and it was such a weird thing. Um, and we looked at each other and said, should we be talking about you know a more permanent partnership? And we both you know, came to the conclusion at the same time. And um, it was such oh a my good Oh, you
1: dated. And then you became I exclusive. S- <laughs>
2: I know they,
0: they they jumped straight to marriage,
2: really. I mean, days, were like five, like, There were
1: five I, dates in between there. You know? I, love, I mean, Murray met the whole family, you know?
2: We <laughs> had dates. And like a date, it came down to where we were aligned. Our values and our strategy were aligned. But then we mm-hmm. actually really felt we liked each other. The cultures were really akin. And so we said, we don't want to go through hiring a banker, go through a whole process, unless we have to, so there's a fiduciary need to do that. If you're as interested in this as we are, let's skip that process if possible. And we did, we had a preemptive offer, we committed, and we got the deal done very, very quickly thereafter. Awesome, yeah, and even
0: as they're a public company, that's, that's, that's kudos to getting a deal done quickly.
1: So, they yeah. announced that deal, your deal, at the same time as they announced SilverCloud. Did you know about SilverCloud or did it was that existing in another place with another person in Amwell? Or did you know that was happening too?
2: We learned about SilverCloud um, late in the process. There are, you know, as a public company, there are disclosure and securities law yeah. and, and, you know, Amwell's super-duper high integrity. So we learned it when we were able to learn about it. Yeah. We were very excited about it because um, one of the biggest demands that we get uh, for programs is in behavior. First of all, we have behavioral and mental health in all of our programs because you can't do chronic care management without taking care of the head. You can't do really anything without that. Yeah. But standalone behavioral health programs, we built a Cope program with UCSF that was dealing with stress, anxiety, and PTSD for frontline healthcare workers. And on the heels of that, we started getting a lot of demand. As you know, there's more money going into that space than any Absolutely. other in digital health. So when we heard about Silver Cloud, we were thrilled because now we're cross-pollinating. I'm actually going out to Dublin next week to spend time with their team uh, to really how dig nice in. How
1: nice were you, and how tall Ken Cahill is when you met him in person? Is he not the tallest person you've ever met? He is so tall.
2: This is the this is the deficiency of Zoom. I had no idea. And Of course, you set your expectations right, and I walked in the room and I looked and I was like, Where's Ken
1: He's, like, seriously, what, like, 6'11"? He is, like, so tall. <laughs> can,
0: we, can we actually, can we talk for, like, 30 seconds about this? The the whole Zoom to real life? I'm, I was sitting here the day before yesterday, right downstairs by the Starbucks, and a gentleman knocks, Eugene, so great to see you. And I'm, like, kind of blanking out, takes the mask off the show. I'm, like, I know I know him. This was Chris Burns, who was advisor to your coach, who we brought on board, like, six, seven months ago. And I'm, like, the only thing... I'm like, you look so much skinnier in real life. He's like, oh, I need to fix my Zoom camera, then, right? So, <laughs> but, um, but, camera but, yeah. ten
1: pounds, right? That's what they say.
0: <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's for Ed me. is tall, six nine. Wonderful guy.
1: Yeah, so Ken what, is. Yeah, he's a great guy.
0: What What's What's next for Mary? Where Where are you guys on, like? Uh, you know, as far as kind of the Amwell integration, and again, to the to the extent you can't talk about it, you know, public company stuff brings you know non-disclosures. But I'm curious where Murray's head is.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you what's public. So we're excited. Every, by the way, the whole company is is uh, is with Amwell, so everybody's committed to the future. We're excited. We're integrating the companies, um, and we're doing it in a thoughtful way. So the functions that actually will propel us forward, and not you know get in the way of the magic that we have. We, we have customers that obviously use telehealth solutions from competitors of Amwell. We are Switzerland in that regard, where we wanna continue to work with those. Amwell is building the Converge platform to support anybody as well. So there's no constraints on who we can work with and you're not um, compelled to have to use another Amwell service like telehealth, for example. Um, we are though integrating our platform fully with the Converge platform. So if you wanna take advantage of it, You can, by the end of the year, and going into next year, a provider on the Amwell Converge platform, whether it's an Amwell provider supplementing your need if you're a payer or an employer, or it's a health system or practice's own physicians, they can have a telehealth visit. Let's say we're on right now, you can have a split screen, and then you can immediately... prescribe a conversa program, I can put you right there into a hypertension or diabetes program. All that data comes back. So in our next visit, I, as the provider, have all this information about you. If there are issues, you'll get escalated right back to me. So imagine virtual primary care. It's really going to be a game changer. It's, it's what we envisioned. And we've built the system and the platform to be able to integrate with all these systems. And we still do that. But with Converge, it'll be pre-integrated. And so you can you can get a fully integrated telehealth, scheduling, EMR, you know, right out of the box with automation.
1: I want to hear your thoughts. So like the buzz phrase of one of them of the year for me has been digital front door. Like, I feel like I've heard every you, you are like digital, any door, but I've heard digital side door, digital back door. I'm going to crawl out the digital window when I hear this stuff. But like, what do you think about that whole phraseology? Like, I mean, do you think it's a bunch of BS? I mean, like, I feel like Conversa is like one of those companies that very much is put into that digital front door bucket digital any door bucket what's your feedback on the digital front door phrase i want to know what you think
2: you know know, i do use any door but now that you're saying that i actually i'll 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 it here i don't i don't think the door at all regardless of how many is the right way to think about it i think the way to think about it so let's think about it personally right we're all patients right you want to be surrounded with care and be able to have this intelligence know what you need when you need it and by the way if it gets it wrong or you want to initiate. You want to initiate and say, I want to get my care in this particular way at this time, given where I am right now. So the need to go into a door makes no sense in that regard. And if I think about what we've done at Conversa, the whole idea of having an ongoing conversation, there's no need to go through any door, right? We're reaching out to you and saying, we're continuing the conversation we had yesterday. Here's what you told us yesterday. Here are some vitals from yesterday. Let's update it from today in a real time to say, you're doing great. Keep doing that. Or you know what? You're a little bit off in your uh, your sugars. Have you thought about this activity or eating this differently? Or, boy, they're really high. We're going to connect you with someone to talk to right now because it might be something more concerning. Or you think you have something concerning. Let's alleviate that stress. It's it's a common um, side effect that you're experiencing. Here are some things you can do to alleviate it. There, there are no doors involved in any of what I just yeah. talked about. So I think the yeah. door, walk through the door, and then the next thing is like, what hallway do I need to go down? How do I get to the person? It's not it's right. really not the
1: Even before the door, I've I've, I've talked to Matthew Holt about this. I'm like, am I supposed to then think of my health plan as the bouncer who's like who's like carding me before I walk through the door? Who's got the keys to this
2: door? I'm on record at the shot that there are all these people doing digital front door. Good for them. Taking the physical model that you have to go somewhere, get out of your car, walk through a door, and putting it on a website. We're not that. that. We're 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 care when they need it
0: and and where they need it. And and Jess, please don't climb out of any windows. Or no, right?
1: Anything,
0: right? Please, we want you.
1: We gotta go. So, um,
0: you know, we're we're trying to keep this one short because I have a flight to catch as well. Um, Jess, uh, I'm gonna hand you to be the Jim of, with his famous last question of the uh, of the show.
1: All right, I, I, Jim. I hope I do this justice, buddy. Whew, a lot of pressure. <laughs> so, Murray, if you, you know, here you are now in your life doing what you're doing. If you were to look back. At young Murray, the young entrepreneur, what advice would you give a a young entrepreneur like yourself as you were coming up along the ranks? Did I ask it correctly?
2: Love it. Perfect. (laughs) So let Jim be the judge. (laughs) Thank you you so graciously telling me that I'm old. I think is what you just did, but. (laughs)
1: Oh, like, I I often think what I would tell young Jessica, like even like Jessica two years ago, like what was she thinking?
2: <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I love Jim, but I don't know if Jim would tell me I'm old as graciously as you just did. So thank Oh you. my god,
1: am I getting it, thrown it, under it the buzz like here?
2: <laughs> so, so I think there's so much advice again that's real mom and apple pie. It's like, yeah, thank you for telling me that. Here's something that I I lived, I think the young entrepreneurs live, even older entrepreneurs live, is fear of failure. And you're always told, like, get over your fear of failure. Overcome fear of failure, or you're not going to be successful as an entrepreneur. And I think that's hogwash. That's like a door. <laughs> I would throw that out. I think you have to embrace fear of failure. And here's why: I actually think fear of failure is empathetic. If you're not, if you don't fear that you're going to fail, your customers, your team members and employees, your um, investors, you're going to lose their money then something's wrong with you. Actually, you should go get, you know, go get checked out. Go talk to Ken. Um, because I think that's empathetic, right? And I think you should embrace it. And I think you should learn from it. And I think you should get better because of it. And I think, you know, don't make the same mistakes twice. But I think embracing um, fear of failure should be the driver. And trying to overcome it is just really the wrong approach.
0: Murray,
1: for me, you a young man. You're so wise.
0: What up? <laughs> So what a good finish. Thank you. What a lovely finish. <laughs> on, on this note, thank you, uh Murray, for joining us. Um and we were gonna go and have a real shot. Yeah, of a real the ball. shot. look so at this. A There's Eugene right out. there. Oh, wait, in the hallway. Actually, yeah, stay stay there, Murray. I'm I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm so coming Eugene to you. Eugene
1: to find Murray. And then and
0: then we're gonna <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're
1: on, guess, on the move it. here now. No, no, the move. Do this, this, were we'll finish. do a triple fee, you guys. Triple. There you go. Triple shot shot here.
0: (laughs) All right. Over and out, people. (laughs) Thank you, guys.